Alrighty, we are back. Your favorite podcast show of the week. This is Location Weekly. It's episode number 537. We're recording live on October the 5th. And as you can see, um, it's not just Aubriana and I this week. We have uh, Karsten with us from the LBMA's European uh, Operations, who is actually here in, in uh, Toronto with me. And we're just sitting in two different offices now. But um, yeah, great, great to great to have Karsten part of the team. And uh, yeah, how are you doing? It's amazing. After 22 months, just say hello to everybody. Yeah, good to have me on the show. Thanks for this. But it's totally heartwarming to be here again. First international intercontinental flight since 22 months. You remember times we were traveling on a monthly basis through the continents? That is horrible. So it's great here. Um, I love the people. I love all you guys. And it's uh, it's different to speak to people in person than uh, to to make this Zoom call. This is nice. This is a good way to connect all, all over the world. But at the end of the day, we are human beings. We have to make social contacts. We have to feel and yeah, all the things around that. So it's good to be here. Thank you. Thank yeah, you well, we're, we're glad to have you. Ariana, how are you doing this week? Well, I'm good. I'm glad that we have like, you know, three country representation here today. I am super excited to have that. And it's fun. And I'm just sad, though, that I'm here still and you guys are there. So it's like, yeah, still virtual. Well, hugs, you you, you have know? an open invitation anytime you can come up. <laughs> <laughs> we need to make that happen sometime soon, for sure. I agree with you, Karsten. Like we just need we need that face to face interaction. You know, a screen can only do so much. Yeah. So um, anyhow, um, we'll jump right into it. We have a good show for you this week. We're uh, kind of upping it to five stories and uh, a mixture of sort of brand stories and technology, um, some European based stuff uh, that Car Carson will uh, kind of comment on and a bunch of, uh, of, you know, just other kind of wide variety of different ways location tech or data or retail experiences are happening. So I'll let Aubriana start us off with uh, our first story. All right. Well, we are, you know, into fall now and we are getting into that season where it's time to set up Halloween decorations or fall decorations, Thanksgiving decorations, whatever it may be. All of those encompass pumpkins, right? Um, and Uber Eats is rolling out pumpkin delivery across three different cities. So they partnered up with the holiday shop by Mr. Jack-O-Lantern Pumpkin Patch. Um, this is only in Los Angeles, San Diego, and West Palm Beach uh, happening right now. But you can order pumpkins in different sizes and colors, pumpkin carving kits, and all those, you know, some other Halloween items through Uber Eats and have those delivered if you're in one of those cities. Um, you know, we should probably keep an eye out. They say that they will be doing some more holiday uh, items coming after that. Maybe they'll expand to some other cities. We'll see. But, um, you know, they'll probably pivot to Christmas items and maybe even some Hanukkah items. I don't know. We'll find out. But, you know, definitely um, something that people are excited to do. I know I decorated a little bit for Halloween this weekend. Um, but I got to tell you guys, like here in New York, my little bit of like, decoration was put to shame very very quickly um my kids were like man hello ours is not looking like that so maybe i need to figure out how to how to up the ante here but yeah i think this is fun you know uber eats is definitely trying to connect with consumers meet them where they are for different a variety of different reasons only three cities here it's not really that big of a reach um and you know 
Rite Aid had this announcement with Uber Eats just about a week ago where they were rolling out some different like healthcare items across, um, you know, like over 2000 locations. Now that's kind of what I'm talking about here and 17 states. That's a little bit more exciting, right? So they're also doing some new collaboration with convenience stores, um, a service called Lula to expand the, the footprint as well. They just announced that a couple of weeks ago. So lots coming out of Uber Eats, you know, a lot of opportunities to deliver things. And as we were just talking about at the beginning of the show, I think that it is still somewhat people are, you know, hesitant to go out in public places a lot to date. Like that still continues that, you know, for different reasons. Um, and then there's also, I think now, like we were talking about just time, right? You think that, oh, we're getting all this time back because we're not commuting or working from home. And I think that's actually not the case. We're busier than ever. We're working harder than ever, right? So the convenience factor is definitely something that we all need. So whether that's for decorations or healthcare goods or food, um, grocery items, like that's not going away. And I think Uber Eats is just trying their hand at a bunch of different things to see what sticks. Um, but yeah, I think this is good. You know, I'm not super excited about three cities, as I mentioned. I do think that holiday items are cool, but pumpkins are kind of something you need to pick out yourself, right? Like if you're going to be carving it, you kind of want to have eyes on it, like, like produce a little bit. But um, anyways, I mean, I think it's good. It's not that exciting, but I do just think that we're going to continue to see more and more collaborations, more and more delivery, quick delivery of a variety of goods and services, just because that's the day and age we live in. Yeah. And, and, I, and I think, uh, I think that's well said, right. And there's nothing technologically, you know, interesting or innovative about what they're doing. I think, you know, it, it, kind of plays right into that sort of time convenience, you know, sort of equation that uh, we're all dealing with right now. And, you know, Uber Eats has evolved over the last, you know, year during the whole pandemic. Um, you know, we've talked about partnerships with 7-Eleven, convenience store type of delivery, you know, sort of going beyond just food and restaurants, you know, into these other areas, you know, and whether that's pumpkins or Christmas trees, you know, I know there was some experimentation around that in past years as well. Um, but th there's definitely sort of this idea of I'm I'm time starved I'm busy, you know I'm gonna I'm gonna use these services to get stuff brought to me, um, and I think there's something to that, you know I think for me though this is one of those things and sort of like Christmas trees too you know um, where you know at least if if you especially if you're a young family or or whatever with kids and whatnot like don't you really want to go to the pumpkin patch and kind of like pick your own pumpkin and like it's a day trip and you know or pick your own tree and cut it down and you know you know all of that right like I think there is something to Carson's comment right at the beginning like we've been living with this for a long time now you know not seeing each other in person you know even within your own family unit <coughs> within your own home environment like you know that that human contact that experiential part of things I think is really important and and so i'm like you know when i see things like this being brought into uber eats like it's one thing to say okay you know i want my groceries delivered or i want my food delivered you know that's not necessarily the same thing as you know i'm now having my pumpkin delivered and and like you know to me that's something you got to go do in person so that's that's my thoughts on it 
Anyhow, um, all right, transitioning over to our second story, we'll let Karsten kind of lead this one for us it's, as it's out of Europe. Um, and uh, over to you, sir. Thank you very much. Uh, yeah, Amazon shops are not nice. So had you been on the website of Amazon? So they are super successful, but it's not nice there. So you not feel heartwarming. It's not very super uh, nice way of showing the products and uh, the recommendations. So Lancome showed up with a virtual pop-up store with a company called Beyond XR. So this is a virtual shopping platform. And Lancome UK tried it out since February this year and get a customer engagement increase about 350% only by showing real-time visualization products in 3D hyper-realistic. So this is kind of advertising, but uh, the story behind that is that the online shop from Lancome, the pop-up shop, so this is, I think, the first thing we have to talk about. So it's pop-up, it's it wasn't there and it will be, will be gone in a, in a short period of time. So they, they tried it since February, now we have October. Okay, it's a, is that a pop-up store? Don't know. Anyway, so <laughs> it's, it's not closed. Any and what they do is they show products in, in very good quality, especially in in this kind of area. The companies in it's more about we're back to to feel haptics and interaction and um, people explaining this color is right for your skin and all those things and. Uh, perhaps uh, well, it would work very well for them. Anyhow, it is a new way of uh, yeah pimping your online store and make it more yeah this 3D uh, experience you know maybe from games or uh, other other topics around. So into this yeah uh, we used to yeah use Amazon and it's not nice there. So there must be a transition, and yeah customers like it obviously. Um, but I'm not sure if it's really a pop-up store or so it's kind of marketing. So what's your thought about it? Yeah. I, I mean, it, it's, um, yeah. I, I, your first point of, is it, you know, what is the definition of a pop-up store? Like, is that something that's, you know, a day, a week, a month, you know, at this point, it's February. February to October, February to now. it's pretty, it's, it's becoming pretty permanent. So like, you know, I, I question that, but you know, the sort of the use of this type of technology, this sort of visualization and experiential kind of play around the products and kind of bringing, you know, sort of something that's visually interesting and appealing and can connect with an audience. I, I like it. I, you know, I, I think that, um, as you say, like contrasting to Amazon, you know, it's just a marketplace where you can buy stuff, you know, at the cheapest possible price and get it shipped to you, right? This is about, you know, connecting with the consumer helping you know sort of build a relationship between the brand and and that consumer um and and creating something that is you know sort of has has some impact on them you know at an emotional level right and i think you know this is where i get excited about technology because technology shouldn't be about the technology it should be how you use the technology to create experiences, to create connections, to create, you know, a way for, you know, the brand and that consumer to, to be linked, right? Um, and so I think it does a good job in that. I mean, they talked about 350% um, 
you know, increase in, in, uh, in engagement. Customer uh, engagement, that was a thing, yeah. Yeah, 350% customer engagement since they launched these virtual stores. So, like, I mean, that's that's a big number, right? Um, you know, people are obviously doing it and, and, and you know, connecting with this. Um, so, so I like it. And I like that there's, you know, some gamification to it. There's, you know, different aspects of how you can participate with these beauty panels and these influencers and these experts and, you know, cons personalized consultations and things like that. So they're really sort of using the tech to kind of facilitate this way to, you know, build these bridges to these consumers. And so I, I think it's good. Um, and, you know, as we'll talk about a little bit later, this whole idea of AR and, you know, virtual reality and these types of, of technologies are now really becoming mainstream in, for a lot of brands. And uh, we're seeing more and more of that. So, yeah. Well, let's see how that works. Yeah. All right. On, on to our uh, our third story now. So this one is uh, kind of digging into you know the member base uh, on, on the tech side. Uh, Long time uh, you know LBMA member and location tech company Reveal Mobile uh, has uh, made an acquisition of a company called Mira M I R A. For those of you not familiar, they're a uh, solution provider um, around measurement of uh, out of home. And uh, in particular, uh, they, as part of this uh, sort of acquisition and sort of combination of Reveal and Mira, uh, they had uh, simultaneously announced that the first sort of joint customer of the, the new platform is Lyft, um, as in the, uh, the rideshare company. And Lyft has, on a number of their vehicles, are equipped with rooftop digital uh, out-of-home screens. And so essentially what they're doing is, is now they're sort of blending the Reveal Mobile sort of location data attribution sort of platform with, uh, you know, the measurement technology from Mira around out of home and kind of looking at that sort of uh, ability to sort of just get a better understanding of, you know, where these vehicles are going and, you know, who their paths are intersecting with um, and what the audience um, around that looks like. And so this becomes an interesting, you know, sort of uh, joint offering, if you will, between uh, the now, you know, sort of blended in Mira inside of Reveal Mobile, um, which I think is very interesting to see them sort of segment now into this category. And, you know, Abriana will know, like, for the last number of weeks, uh, you know, we've been talking about uh, out-of-home measurement, right, using various location uh, technology companies and platforms. So we're seeing a lot of uh, partnerships, and now we're seeing consolidation um, you know, or acquisition, uh, you know, in this space, which I think is really interesting, especially to see a company like... Um, you know, reveal move into this. So uh, John Franjakis uh, is now, who's coming from the Mira side, will become the um, uh, chief commercial officer at Reveal, and Gabe uh, Franjakis will become the CTO at Reveal. All the employees uh, from Mira are being retained uh, as part of the acquisition. So you know, basically, they're you know, Reveal's just you know grown. Uh, significantly uh, through this acquisition in terms of people and resources and capability and I think I think it's interesting what are your thoughts on yeah I do I actually think this is a great um, acquisition for reveal because I think that as we see the the ability to really capture um, robust and uh, you know scalable location data from mobile devices 
it is really important that you can at least have that reach maybe across devices. And I think this is a perfect application for Reveal to get into because when you think about everyone who gets into a lift has location enabled on their device to some extent, right? They need that lift to get to them. Now, whether that data is being shared with Reveal or not, you know, we would consider probably a portion of it is. Um, but I think that it's really interesting to be able to say, okay, we're going to be able to blend this out of home um, data along with the inside data that we have, right? And the movement data that we have. And this is, again, we talk about measurement. Everybody's kind of on this road to attribution. Like how do we measure the effectiveness of out of home and in conjunction with other digital means? So this is, um, in my mind, a very great move by Reveal, obviously bringing on, you know, someone who has Lyft as a, as a key customer is, is a big deal. Um, and I think that also having maybe more of that New York presence is, is helpful to them, but, but probably able to still keep some of their overhead low with their Raleigh base. So, you know, I'm excited for Brian and his team. We've known them for a long time. And um, yeah, I mean, I expect bigger things to come out of this. Um, and them to continue to kind of push forward and, and see like what else they can do to merge that cross device uh, measurement and attribution. So I like it. Yeah, me too. And, and so sort of sticking with that theme of out of home measurement, we'll move to our next story now over in Europe and I'll let Karsten lead us off on, on this one. I think you're muted, Karsten. Yeah, I'm muted. Sorry. This is what happens on Zoom calls, you know. Anyway, anyhow. So uh, yeah. So advertising is following you. So maybe this is this is a good um, way to explain what Kanta UK uh, is did now with Root together. So they both a uh, few data sets, and uh, now you can have all uh, data sets uh, in one platform and uh, adding 450 different data points uh, to make capable for the client, the advertiser to um, yeah, play out advertisement in different channels around you. So starting with just traditional radio, print, TV, going into out of home media, and this uh, advertisement can follow you through that. And uh, now it's enabled, so Kanta is enabling um, this kind of uh, yeah, survey and uh, kind of yeah idea to make it more interesting to see the advertisement on a target group as before. So anyhow, um, it's about data. It's about versus the people, versus the consumer I want to attract, versus uh, the advertisement therefore on which channel I can use. Use and what they do now is they combine it in one uh, booking platform. We can say, right, as an advertiser, I want to follow uh, this kind of um, consumer in this in this way on this media channel. So uh, it's kind of a bit of what we had with Lyft. So uh, we know that the people are in the car, have their um, mobile data on and location services on. So combining this data is very, very interesting. Um, question is, is it working really or not? I'm, I'm not sure because uh, as long as the campaigns are so complex, and we talked about that in a couple of conferences, I see from Oriana, um, more data means more complexity in, in rolling out your um, campaign and your strategy. And I'm not sure if they can help with that. Uh, just to make sure uh, TGI, for those who are not familiar with that, means a target group index. And there's a global target group index uh, by Kanta, which is in six continents uh, and gives more than, I don't know, 100 or whatever uh, yeah, measurement points out of it. Anyway, anyhow, so what do you thought about that? 
So now I'm unmuting. So, you know, I think this is interesting. Like, again, this goes back to some of the same comments I had on the reveal story, right? Everyone is in the advertising space is looking to have data to back their advertising spend in those decisions. Um, you know, for a long time, everybody has been very focused on, the industry has been very focused on deterministic data and how can we make sure that we are doing things in a deterministic way versus a probabilistic way? And now there's a new perspective on that because deterministic data is not going to be available at scale. So I think that's one thing that we have to call out here. Also, I think that the challenge we're going to see continuing is that is this first party data or is this aggregated data and insights, right? How is this clustered? Is this being um, something that's clustered out to an entire you know, postal code, or is this something that is a little bit more granular and makes more sense? Um, so I, I think that that's the, the question, but all advertisers are really on this mission to solve for like data, analytics, attribution, measurement, make these, these decisions um, and their money, you know, putting it, pouring it into the right avenues. Um, I think it's a race to be the first right now. And so, you know, joining forces is one way to do that. Um, and, you know, these companies obviously having a, a strong presence in, um, I believe, UK and Ireland is, is great because that's a harder arena to get into at this point in time with all of the privacy stipulations. So if they're doing well there, um, and I think they have a respected name, I think that's a, a good start. But Again, I do think the challenge will be the deterministic data, the scale and reach and moving things across device and connecting those. Because again, people are trying to say, okay, you know, I served this ad across connected television and then they saw it again, um, this digital out of home, you know, advertising, and then they took action. So that's really what they're trying to study and measure. And it's not an easy thing to do. Um, and so, you know, I think it's really up to, some level of like how good do they market what their data practices are and how great they have um you know this algorithm that determines things and clusters things together you know it, it really is going to come down to that because at the end of the day there's not really a one size fits all for this reach that we're, we're all desiring right and the outcome every every advertiser and marketing marketer is looking for um so i think it's you know i think it's a good partnership whether it actually is solving for the longer term problem. That's the question. All right, so maybe moving on to something a little bit lighter <laughs> and not so data centric. Etsy is launching a virtual AR showroom. I was checking it out this morning. So it is called the Etsy house. Um, and in essence, you know, you just move through this um augmented reality or you can tap on different things within the home see how things look and it's very curated experience you can see this art hanging and which shop you could get it at this you know very unique coffee table and children's chairs and christmas trees and all different kinds of things um and you know you can just kind of have that experience it's on a website you can just check it out if you just search for the etsy house or the etsyhouse.com you can just pull it right up and just jump right into this immersive experience and you know it's cute it's it's um you know it's on brand for etsy but at the same time it makes me feel like there's a bit of a miss here and what i would say that miss is is that there is so many shops on Etsy. There are so many small businesses that are running through there and just a ton of, of creativity. And I think that, you know, with 
showing me the $5,000 armchair that's super cool and unique and you know the $3,000 coffee table. That's great, but I would love to see more of a, a an experience that kind of brings in all of those other shops that sell lots of other similar things at various price points, right? I would love to see more of that. And I think that what people really want right now is easier shopping, right? I want to know, what do I buy a three-year-old for Christmas? I want to know, what do I buy my mother for Christmas? I want to know, what do I buy somebody who's interested in these items um, for their birthday? Like, that's what I, you know, what is the Hanukkah go-to gift for, you know, my dad? Like, that's kind of what you need to, I think, bring in. Uh, and I also think that, you know, similar to the pop-up shops that we were talking about, there is a lot of people who want to go out and see those experiences. We were just talking last week about how can a company like Etsy have these kind of curated cars that come to your neighborhood and you do this $10, you know, 10 minute shopping um, on a variety of price points right there, curated maybe by local shop providers. Like that's kind of, I think, such a more impactful thing than this. This is fun. It's fun use of AR technology, but does it actually drive business and is it rewarding for the small businesses that all utilize the Etsy platform? Um, I'm not sure. So what do you guys think? Yeah, so uh, I'll jump in first. I, I think uh, I'm with you. I think uh, visually, it's a really cool experience. I think, um, you know, it, it really drives home sort of the creativity, the uniqueness of, you know, what you can find on Etsy that you can't find in other places. You know, it's funny that like this story came up this week because, uh, you know, you and I were talking last week, Aubrey, on the show about the, uh, you know, the service where you could call up, you know, uh, a mobile retail store to be, you know, drive into your neighborhood. And we had closed out that, you know, that story about talking about how great that would be if that was a mobile Etsy shop that was, you know, curated from local artisans and local creators um you know in in the you know in, in the local community you know where they had a showcase all of a sudden like a physical showcase on wheels that you know could drive into your neighborhood and you could go shop right and i, I think to me that's more interesting and, and more um you know would drive more revenue and drive more you know sort of engagement than something like this and there's nothing wrong with this like i think this is good i think visually it's it's really interesting um you know, it's a great way to showcase, but I think you need, you know, I always talk about these things as like, you know, how do you bridge, you know, the, the commerce aspect of it, you know, with sort of the media, um, you know, impressions side of things, right? You know, if you look at social media platforms like, you know, Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and all those kinds of things, they're great. And it's, it's fine to go and say, hey, I have, you know, a million or two million or five million, you know, people who follow me on this platform, but I like, I could care less if, unless I have a way to, to know that I'm converting a percentage of those people into actual revenue and dollars and some place for them to actually, you know, engage with me. And I think, you know, the power of, of local, um, you know, has to be about how you bring this into, into the, into the community, into where people are both in a, in a consumer, uh, sort of shopping context, but also from a local artisans, you know, and kind of creating the sort of the be, have Etsy be the bridge that brings those two together, right? Um, because I think once you buy something from somebody, like let's say a local artisan in your community, you, you now have a relationship. And it goes back to what Carson said right at the beginning. It's about, there, there needs to be a human element to me, right, in, in this. Because once you do that, then you're like, 
you know, all of a sudden, hey, I'm gonna, I, I, I really like this person. I really like what they create. I'm going to buy something else from them. And, 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 and now a relationship continues. It's why we have the success of things like Tupperware parties and these kinds of things that work because people have built these connections in their communities, right? Carson, any last thoughts from you? I um, totally agree on this. So it's it's about relationship. It's about us as a person, humans, yeah. And this is so strong. No technology can just do the same what we can do. Technology can help us to to spread the world and help us to to connect people on, on an easy way. Um, and yeah, that's fun that technology is able to do those things. But um, can everybody use it? Is uh, on the other side of of the screen is there somebody who is able to do it or is this the right target group also i think about all the people are using uh th this kind of services we find it's cool maybe all kids say it's not cool because it's not on tiktok so so we're not reaching that <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so we're talking about that but my kids are definitely not want to use it because it's not on tiktok so fine um so uh technology helps us and not uh yeah is a solution I'm yeah, glad well, that you brought up the Tupperware parties, though, Asif, because that's exactly yeah. where I was going. I'm like, Etsy should just have like Etsy parties where, yeah. you know, you don't have to go to someone's house to like just mm -hmm. buy Tupperware. Like I could go and there's, you know, this truck parked out front and like we just stand out there and have a glass of wine and I can do my Christmas shopping at my neighbor's house really quick. And then it's like an hour long thing and that everybody gets what they want. I don't have to buy the candle or the plastic Tupperware, like maybe that's not really in my wheelhouse, <laughs> yeah. but I can support, right? So I love that. That's a great, that's a great, uh, yeah. you know. So, so I, I think right there, we just came up with a new business. So whenever you guys are ready, let's, let's put it together and we'll, we'll do the, you know, the Etsy local parties, um, you know, and make it happen. Uh, I'm in. Not that available right now. <laughs> <laughs> all right to do those kinds of events <laughs> yeah anyhow all right well thank you guys uh for uh for uh participating in this today and karsten especially to you for uh for joining us for this show and here in person in canada uh so great to have you so uh, again for our listeners and our viewers out there this has been episode number 537 of location weekly uh, we thank you so much for your time. Um, please reach out to us if you have story ideas or feedback um, on this. Give us some likes and some you know, love on whatever channel you're consuming this on. And uh, we'll be back next week with uh, 538. Have a great week, everybody, and we'll see you soon. Bye.